was colonized. Um, so there is a drive, like to me, I, I, there is a driving force behind it, and, I, and that's I would like to know a lot more about that because that's very important. I, I think a lot of people, even people, don't even know what's going on. I think even some of the people in Nigeria don't even know what's going on. Some do, but some don't, but many don't. So I think. That'd be a great subject to, all right, all right. to talk about. Can I just, let me just introduce everyone and then we can just get straight into it, yeah? So welcome to the Kings and Queen podcast, special presentation. So <clears throat> we've got Starman here. We'd like to say hello, sir. Just, Hi, people. Yes, just coming to share some views and give it, give some context into this SARS situation in Nigeria. Because we thought, I... And the team thought, so me and Real D must be found that, you know what, certain things when you're not qualified to speak, you shouldn't say much, yeah? And that's kind of why there's been silence. Not silence, but as in not a failure to address it until man is uh, aware. And I think the conversation we're going to have today is going to try and just give some perspective at least into why this has happened and not just the surface level that man sees and what's presented. So yeah, so Starman, if you want to take it away now, let's start with the history and politics in Nigeria. What is it? Before it was created or when it was created? How, shall we say, when it started? So when Nigeria started? Can you say when it started then or before then? Okay, um, but can I, can I say something as a starting statement? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. We all know what an iceberg is, yeah? Yes. Uh-huh. And when you look at an iceberg floating in water, that tip of the iceberg at sea is just like a tiny percentage of the real size of the iceberg. That's a fact. Yeah? Yeah. Because the massive yeah. underwater is like where the massive bulk of that iceberg is. Yes. Right. Now, George Floyd... In, in terms of what's happening to black people today, yeah, George Floyd was the tip of the iceberg for us. And yes. SARS is the horizon where cut the water. Then you see the ice sticking out. Yeah? Yeah. Are oh, you cutting out again, you know? Yeah. It's the real problem. Huh? Yo, oh, you're cutting it's out the again. Yeah. And the real problem of all black people today is your colonialism. Yes. Oh, you're cutting out again. You're cutting Neo-colon- out again. Now, every black person alive today knows what neocolonialism... Well, every black person alive today has heard neocolonialism, think they know... But not really, man. Thing fundamentally as colonialism. Fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And colonial- colonialism itself is the same thing as... Oh, you're cutting out, you know. Hello? When you look into the meaning of 
You're, no, no, you're cutting out, you know, you're cutting out. He's cutting out every now and again. Yeah, every time you're going to make your point, it cuts out. So the last thing we heard is that about neo-colonialism, do we know what that is? Or are we aware of right. what that means? Okay. Oh, right, okay. Every black person alive today has heard the word neo-colonialism. Yeah. But many of us don't even know what these terms really mean, from neo-colonialism to colonialism. The, the one most of us seem to know a bit about, you know, what, a bit about what it really means is slavery, because that's, that's obvious, that's stark. A yeah. slave is a slave. Even if you, as long as you've got a man in chains, dress him up in the best robes, he still looks like a slave. Yeah. But, but uh -huh. a, a lot of us, we've heard colonialism, we've heard neocolonialism, but we don't really understand what these mean. And what, and in not understanding what they mean, we don't realize that they're actually fundamentally the same thing. Colonialism, well, neocolonialism, colonialism and slavery, they're essentially the same thing. Yeah. They've just been tweaked and rebranded. So when you okay, say so when you say the same thing, does that mean yeah. they pr present in the same way or the results are the same? The results are the same, but oh. they're presented differently. Yes, okay, that's the clear. I just wanted to make it more clearer because when you say the same thing, people will say, No, they don't they don't they don't do the same things as like but the result is the same. Exactly. Now, okay, so what, since they're the same thing, but don't look like the same thing, so what's the difference between all three now? Now, mm. slavery, we all know what slavery is. Slavery is real, brutal, in-your-face subjugation. Yeah. Someone else has got you in chains, at the whip, telling you what to do. Yeah. 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 And also, the, the another extra dimension to slavery is the fact that You've actually been put in a, a real position of helplessness where someone's come to your land, physically extracted you from that land, from your land, as in kidnapped you, taking you to another land where you've got no bearings, no orientation. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And then subjugated you by force. And you're trapped in this subjugation till the day you die. There's no getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right, that's slavery. Physical. You got chains on you, you got whip marks on you. Yeah. you, you a slave is a slave. No, anybody put in the position of slavery doesn't need to be told now, oh, now you're a slave. You know, you just know what it is. Yeah. Yeah? You're ruled by now, fear, isn't it? You're ruled by fear. You're ruled by fear, yeah. yeah. Now, what happened was colonialism started because the psychopaths that were behind the slave trade and when I say psychopaths, I don't mean all white people. I mean the psychopathic percentage, that tiny psychopathic percentage of them mm -hmm. that perpetrated the whole thing. Who, who are still alive today, responsible for the kind of world we're in today. And why I'm saying this is because I, I have a theory that says the history of kings, presidents and CEOs is a history of psychopaths. Mm -hmm. You could be right there. Yeah. You could be right. Yeah. yeah. No, no, go, no. Come on, come on. Let's even break it down. Um, let's start. Let's start with presidents. Boris Johnson. Uh, 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 George Bush. Donald Trump. Uh, do they look like normal people to you? 
And then no. Buhari of Nigeria himself. Does he look like a normal person to you? Museveni of Uganda. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else? I mean, well, Idi Amin. Yeah, when you look at it like exactly. that, but when you when you do that though, because of what legacy they left behind and what people decided to to um, um, promote about them was not necessarily any good that they did. It was just all the terrorism things they were involved in. Even even into the terms of um, let's say, alright, then this is unpopular. But like, if I mentioned Hitler. They only talk about what he did with the Jews. I was, I was, they don't talk about how he made the Germans live good for a little while. The, the, um, the, the... Oh, you're cutting out again. Okay. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Now, the, yes, they did good things. People like Hitler, people like Stalin, they did good things. But the full range of their psychopathic behavior kind of eclipsed any little good thing they might have done. Yeah, yeah. It's like Stalin. Stalin was responsible for dragging the Soviet Union, albeit kicking and screaming, from being a backward peasant society to becoming a space-age country, putting people on the into space. Yeah. But that's because he was a psychopath. Can you imagine if he went around nicely trying to convince everyone? No, no. Nobody would listen to him. No, he wouldn't. Uh, I'm not justifying psychopathy. Mm -hmm. yeah? No, I was just going to say about psychopaths. Like, I mean, it's interesting you said that because they do say, you know, people say, like, in order to become a leader, like a dictator, you have to be have some sort of psychopathic behavior because you know sometimes you're gonna have to make decisions against people's wishes you know and if you like, if you want to achieve something you know in life a lot of science, a lot of people who have that drive they don't necessarily yeah. put other people's feelings and thoughts before their own or their own agendas or you know plan so yeah. you know there's a lot of people out here like great achievers and ambitious people you know, they have a little bit of psychopath, you know, about them. So it's interesting yeah. you, you point that out. I mean, I, okay, we've looked at presidents now, Stalin, uh, Hitler, and those are the past presidents, uh, Paul Pot, mm. uh, Mao Zedong from China, all those guys. Mm. And then we've even looked at recent presidents, Bush, the Bushes, Saddam. Mm. All these guys mm. are psychopaths. The, the uh, one in Syria now, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, um, what's his, what's his uh, name? Again? Um, I know who you're talking about. Or something. Yeah, yeah, his name skips. But you can, you can clearly see more than half the world's presidents alive today, they're psychopaths. More than half the ones from the past, psychopaths. Same thing with kings. I mean, look at the history of England's kings. Most of those, those guys were loonies. Yeah, they oh, One of them actually went mad. With, one of them uh, actually went mad. Didn't exactly. King, King George went mad, bruv. MK Ultra malfunction, bruv. He went totally off the edge, bruv. I mean, I, 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 and, and, and that, I mean, not, the, the psychopathy is not, the, wasn't just limited to England. Have you, have you ever heard of uh, a mogul, one of the mogul kings called uh, Aurangzeb? No. He was the mogul, mogul king in India just before the British came out and took over. 
No, I only, know, I only was... know about Genghis Khan. That's the only one I know. Oh, he was another psychopath. Yeah, Genghis Khan and all his sons after him. I mean, these guys went around. When they come invade your city, they say, right, if you don't fight, they will spare your lives. If you resist, they yeah, will kill everyone. And that's what they did. As soon as they broke the city gates, they will kill everyone. Man, women, children. No, sometimes, sometimes he would take them as slaves because he wanted them other villages to know. So he would, like, kill half the village. That's what I heard what he started doing. Like, he killing half of the village. But slavery wasn't part of their initial agenda. Nah, it became his agenda after. But but then, the Mongols weren't even great slavers. They weren't particularly worried about slaving people. No, they're just conquerors. They're calling money. Yes, yes. The greatest slavers of all times were the Arabs. And all their descendants since then. All the other tribes, they spawned from the mass rape that was going on from all the people, they were all the women they were enslaving. And in Africa, we've, we've actually ha- we actually have ethnic groups that have sprung up in Africa within the last thousand years of Arab invasion that didn't exist until the Arabs came. Hmm. But when the Arabs came from all the mass raping going on, all the raping all the female slaves, Remember, we were talking 1,200 years ago. There was no condoms, mm-hmm. you know. This guy, and they were, they were kidnapping even more women. The Arabs kidnapped more women than men, as opposed to the Europeans that kidnapped more men than women. And this because the Arabs just loved having harems. I mean, there's, there's stories about one Arab man, one, one Arab, I don't know, emir or sultan, having a harem with 800 women, 800 slave women. <laughs> one man. And then, as the, as, the, as the slaves in the harem get older, and this is why they kept enslaving, as the women get, got older, they moved them into a brothel and got a new, fresh slave in. Wow. Okay. So, but when That's you speak crazy. when you speak on so the Arab world, so, by the way, yeah, Libyan president is, um, not Libyan, Syrian president is Assad, yeah? Where his dad yeah. was another... Assad, yeah. Yeah, another yeah, puppy. Exactly. And his dad was a puppy, and he, that's documented. I don't even have to lie. That's it. You, if you do your research, that's on certain videos with certain suicide bombers and man working for man and trying to set up Kuwait. If you know your thing, bruv, this thing is deeper than you know, bruv. The man there, he weren't never going Assad's, nowhere. And he's never going to go nowhere. Assad's, yeah, Assad's dad has always been central to this new terrorism movement hmm. we're seeing in the Arab world today. Yeah, it's by design. He played, he, yeah, he played a big hand in it. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, so you, I mean, going back to kings, you can see a lot of cycles everywhere. Ivan the Terrible, um, Aurangzeb of the Mughals, and uh, he wasn't even the only one. Most, uh, most of the Arab uh, caliphs and uh, sultans and emirs from time. I mean, these guys were the greatest slavers, so they couldn't have been nice people. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it, even the, the the Spanish kings and queens that oversaw the Inquisition, these guys were psychos, almost psychopathic. Yeah, yeah. One. See, all of that always gets omitted. You know that Spanish Inquisition thing, that witch hunt business. Yeah, they always seem that that's the same Dark Ages, the same Dark Ages. So who is you really killing if it's not us? <laughs> well, the the, the 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 Spanish Inquisition was re- a classic case of religious. Uh, religious zeal gone mad gone mad and it's 
that and that's Christianity. But but to me, Islam normally, if, to me, being being a non-Muslim in an Islamic society is like living in the Spanish Inquisition every day of your life. <laughs> so would you, Sharia. So would even you say as a non-Muslim or a Muslim is like being in the Spanish Inquisition every single day? So would you say Nigeria is in a a Muslim regime, so Sharia law. Would you say now that? The, the the history of Islam in okay, basically okay, um, okay. Before we even start with the history of Nigeria, because yeah, we will get to how Islam came into Nigeria and how Christianity came as well. But okay. let me round up the difference between colonialism, uh, neo-colonialism, and slavery. Okay. Now, slavery, as as I, as I said earlier, you you are taken from your land, taken to a new land where you are disorientated. And they are subjugated by force. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why why did the psychopaths behind the whole slave trade? Why did they change tack? They decided to change tack because there was all the slave revolts going. I mean, they shipped so many slaves at that stage around the 1700s, early 1800s. They shipped so many slaves across the Atlantic Ocean that there was now the slaves now had numbers in places like Brazil, the Caribbeans. And even in America, and they were all starting slave revolts. So the uh, slave runners, the slave traders, decided, okay, you know what? After, especially after they lost Haiti, mm -hmm. after you know the, France lost Haiti, they thought, you know what? Before we lose all our holdings, all all these countries, let's stop moving more black people across over there. Let's change tack. Yeah. Let's. Instead of moving enslave, moving them off offshore to enslave them, let's enslave them on their own shore and have them extracting their natural resources for us. Oh. And that's how colonialism started. Because colonialism, colonialism started immediately after slavery. Immediately after Britain abolished slavery. Yeah, it's like a natural, oh, natural started. It's like a natural uh, progression. So we're yeah, going to move like, from this. It was just basically changed tack. Yeah. Change tax. Stop, stop taking them out to exploit them. Because back then they saw the moving them to a different shore as safe. Yeah. It minimized the risk of rebellion, them running away, and even maybe their own uh, uh, village or whatever, organizing a counter attack to free them, whatever. You know. So that was the, because because why why the. European enslavers were, they were psychopaths. Why they had that mindset was because before they started enslaving black people, they first tried to enslave the Red Indians. Yeah. But the Red Indians were on their land and they weren't having it. Yeah. If, if they either ran away, ran into the bushes and started guerrilla warfare, or if they couldn't run away and they were captured and enslaved, when they realized what was going, what was happening to them, they would just, so, they would just wake up one day and zone out, just zone out. Yeah. The Spanish will be flogging them, whipping them, cooking them with hot irons. Nah, they've zoned out. At that state, they're ready to die. And they'll, be, they'll get killed. They'll just, the Spanish will eventually kill them. But mm. they weren't going to be a slave. Uh, mm. The Red Indians weren't going to be slaves on their own land. You know? So, uh, the Portuguese were the first people to actually try black slaves. And they got them from the coast of West Africa. The Arabs at this stage, before the Europeans got involved, the Arabs had been capturing black African slaves for 700 years. Hmm. 
But yeah, we'll get to that. Now, the Europeans were the first people, sorry, the Portuguese were the first Europeans to bring black slaves to the Americas. And they saw that it worked because oh, those guys were so, so, they didn't even know where they were. Yeah. And that was when they stopped enslaving Red Indians and now shipping Africans over en masse. Yeah. Now, by the, by the early 1800s, there were so many blacks in America, they were starting revolts, and the Caribbean and Brazil, they were starting revolts every day. So the enslaved, the slave masters decided, okay, you know what? Let's, instead of moving them offshore from Africa, let's keep them onshore. Besides, Africa has enough resources that we want anyways. So let's have them working, extracting those resources for us. So slavery ended and colonialism started. Now, for colonialism to work, the Europeans sailed down to Africa, not necessarily en masse. They sailed down. But because they had the gun, the most advanced guns anywhere at the time, mm -hmm. they could hold entire populations ransom and have them working for them. Now, eventually colonialism ended and somewhere along the line, new colonialism started. And this is where a lot of people become confused. What's the real difference between colonialism and neocolonialism? Neo now, the difference between slavery and any sort of colonialism is slavery you're actually taking off your land okay and forced to work yeah. it's not even about being forced to work but you're taking off your land now colonialism is you're on your land and then someone's come to take authority off your land and off you from your land yeah 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 they're getting you now, to work your own land for them so it's like for them, it's, it's like, like it's like now what's the difference huh? it's like a trap house isn't it so they you know when you go and you take over someone's yard and uh, the, yeah everything runs through me now i'm doing yeah, this exactly in your like house. A trap house yeah <laughs> that's exactly no if you put it then the masses will understand in it because then things really happen man then will come yeah, yeah. and they will come and they'll knife up somebody and say look this is the business i'm on i'm gonna run it in your house don't worry you'll get paid it's fine you know just keep everything cool pay all the bills you're supposed to pay and i'll give you a little money for that so there's nothing really yeah. in it for them but the little touch up and the, the company of them what then happens is that these people exploit yeah. the situation to the point where you can't even stay in your own house yeah exactly they just take over your space they take over now 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 the difference between colonialism and neocolonialism is now okay when colonialism so now okay what well, just to make it clearer when colonialism ended those British people that were in African or on African soil colonizing, they what do you left. Mean like South Africa and Kenya and, uh, and places like that, do you mean? Well, apart, apart from, well, in most of West Africa, they left. Okay. And the Africans thought, oh, we've got independence now. We're running ourselves. We, you know, we're in control yeah. of ourselves now. That's what the Africans thought, but not quite. Because even though physically, the white man physically had left, yeah. But his influence was still very much around. Yeah. yeah. On all layers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? And that's the difference between colonialism and neocolonialism. Colonialism being that when you're being colonized, whoever is colonizing you is on your land. You can see him. You can feel his force when he shoots you or whips you. You can feel it. Yeah. You know, you actually know you're being colonized. Because he doesn't have it in chains like in slavery. You don't realize you're still a slave because you're working for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, you're still working for him. 
He's just giving you a yep. little change. Before it was free. Yep. Now he's giving you a little change for you to survive and come back tomorrow. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, you, you see what he said about he's just giving you a little change. Mm. I, you see this theory I'm busting about slavery, uh, colonialism, and neocolonialism? Yeah, it's yes, just to do with black people. I can expand this theory and include most white people. Yeah, who, it's true. Who are so into the capitalist nine to five system that they don't realize that they're, they're, there's still slavery going on on the planet. It's just that now the new kind of slavery is economic slavery. Yeah, yeah, that's well, what it is. Yeah, where you're still working for a capitalist. Who will never pay you more money than you're making for him? So he's paying you a percentage of what you're really making. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, now in slavery, you use that money. In slavery, the slave master doesn't give you money. He just gives you food so you don't die. Yeah. But in capitalism, they just give you enough money so you go buy your own food. And they give you money so you think you're free. Yeah. Now, me saying this about capitalism doesn't mean I'm now saying, oh, the world should be communist. I have my own views of, you know, what what the ideal sort of world government should be. But that's probably another story or maybe at some point. Yeah, that's podcast. another story. Because we all have that thought because we've pontificated over many isms and schisms. But we, we are clear to declare that it's not going to be communism, socialism, or the current one in place, which is some sort of... Well, it's not even it's not even that anymore. It's gone to like hyper capitalism. It's to the point it's not even sustainable anymore. The system is not like if people don't exactly. believe in it, it crashes immediately. If someone stop, if exactly. all of us stopped doing what we're supposed to do tomorrow, the thing is done, done. Yeah. yeah. And 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 that's the that's the fragileness about it. So it is something is being ushered in, even though this yeah. is not the talk for the new for this podcast. Something else is coming. Whether people are ready for it or prepared remains to be seen. But I do feel that what we're seeing now, just like with the little stupid election alone, the the mm. people that want to be bought and sold will continue to put themselves up and their price will be on their head, bruv. <laughs> that's, 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 all, that's all I see, Claire, is that they're willing, they have already got a price and they're willing for it to be met. But that's because they're not willing to think. They're, they're just used to being told what to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's all right for yeah. them. I'm not you know. one of them. And we try to encourage people that listen to them. If you can do anything for your life, don't be one of them. Don't yeah. sit there and have a price. Don't sit there and feel like, you know, the hope is lost if I don't think for myself. If you do that, then it's already... Like, winners don't quit, and quitters don't win, bro. So, yeah. so what, what are we doing? Right, what are we doing? You want to sit there and let someone govern you to where? Mm, exactly. How, how are you so sure he knows the way better than you? He don't know he nothing. Told you he knows the way. He don't know no way. He ain't never had a map unless someone gave him something. So if they said this is the plan for you, then he's planning for you. What you don't do is, exactly, is plan. Exactly. If, if what you're not doing is planning for him. And he knows this, or she knows this. Exactly. And then when exactly. they, when you don't plan for them, and you now foul, fool, foul, and call foul for what they did to you, it's like, this is business. <laughs> that, that, that's the answer. That's the answer they have for you. Am I lying? Yeah. Oh, this is business. The law. That's true. The law. 
Yeah, yeah, another fucking bogus notion. Like, no, yeah. the common law is different to the new law. The one, the law that's written for them and the law that's written for us. This is the law. Well, it, 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 when you look at it on paper, it looks like the same law. But when it's you, it's interpreted differently. When it's them, it's interpreted differently. Yeah. Yeah. You right. want to know the world... And, and, no, I'll just say, I want to know the way into that inner circle also. I want to have different rules, or rules that I can bend. That would be nice. Most well, people would. But, but, yeah, just to round off about colonialism. Now, neocolonialism, the difference between that and colonialism itself is that neocolonialism, you don't actually see your colonizer physically. No. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, but, like I said, what you feel is his influence. Yes. And, and the apparatus that, well, the apparatus colonialism uses is this apparatus of the state. So when you're being colonized, they'll actually send soldiers with guns. So you, you feel the force of the other states colonizing you. But with neocolonialism, it's not quite the state. They use companies. Yeah. Sometimes they could be state-backed. So those companies come in the guise of, oh, we're just doing business. Yeah. But before you realize that they create monopolies in your countries, and those monopolies guarantee you or your people will never ever rise to challenge anything they're doing. And that's, you know what, and a, and a video that you may have both seen, you remember when I posted that video to you lot about the white man talking about Africa, sub-Saharan Africa will never be able to do for itself because we have designed yeah. it that way. Like, it was... Designed it in a way of pretending to be, be, be below them. Yeah. And we can exploit yeah. them. They should never be able to gain any foothold. Because that will That's mean... what they did. That's what they did. They made it, like, before they left the country, before they left Africa, before they left the Caribbean, they literally made a wreck of the countries. Then they left. They said, oh, you want your independence now? Well, here you go. Yeah. And here, to get and yourself back on your feet, take this loan that you can never pay. And, and like I said, and this is going to lead to the SARS now, the SARS discussion now. Like I said, when they left... The physically, the man left, but his influence didn't go. Exactly. Now, I'll tell you something interesting. Nigeria is 60 years old. That's when Nigeria was given independence. Yeah. Yeah? But that wasn't when Nigeria was actually built, and that wasn't when the name Nigeria was created. Okay. Nigeria was actually built in 1914. Mm-hmm. 1914, that's 46 years before 1960, when she was finally given independence, yeah? Yes. Now, in 1914, what happened was that the northern region, mm -hmm. that the northern region part of Nigeria was joined together with the southern region. So where would that be from to where that's from? Because I'm not aware of that. I know it's a massive country, but that's all I know. Uh, okay, okay. Uh... Okay, okay. Before I start with the geography, let me finish what I was going to say about the Nigerian army. Okay. Now, Nigeria was created in 1914. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, the name Nigeria was given to her mm -hmm. by the uh, by the uh, mistress of the then British governor of Nigeria. Okay, I've heard about yeah. that. I've heard that story before. A guy <laughs> called Lord Luger. Mm. <laughs> right. Is that a now, white man? Huh? Is that a white man? Yeah, an English man. I think he's even Scots, a Scottish man or something. But yeah, he worked for Britain. Like, he worked for England, or for the crown, basically. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, uh, the name Nigeria 
1914 wasn't the first time the name Nigeria was actually used. That was just the time, the first time the name was officially attached to that geographical location. Okay. That eventually became called Nigeria. The name Nigeria had been used as early as in the 1850s by British businessmen. They saw it as, you know, the area uh well this well what they told us the black people was that oh yeah the area around the niger niger area yeah but when i researched the name nigeria myself i realized it was actually a slur the name nigeria the original meaning is nigger area wow <laughs> it was a slur because they started using the word nigger you know what you know what you might think this is funny sorry to cut you i just want to say this point you know the rapper named Nas? Yeah. He says something in one of them albums when he goes, how did Nigeria turn to nigger? Man, and, and people say, like, why? No, no, was he said Nigeria or Niger turned to the word nigger? That's what he said. And I was confused. Huh? And I was confused into what he means. I was like, did he just do a spelling error there? Why is he calling Nigeria nigger? Or is he just trying to play on words? You know... You know what, maybe I'll clarify that as well. But let me finish with the Nigerian army. Yeah. Now, the Nigerian army, now, when, 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 you, when you think about it, you think the Nigerian army should be 60 years old, as in it should be as old as the country Nigeria itself, which gained independence in 1960. That's true. So yeah, when, true. Yeah. when 2020 now, which makes it 60 years since 1960. So you think the Nigerian army should be 60 years old, but no. The Nigerian army is... 859 years old. No, that's ridiculous. Why is that? Okay. That's ridiculous. Why is that? <laughs> because when Britain finally came to colonize, yeah. they started recruiting locals from a certain part of Nigeria mm -hmm. to use them to buff up their own tiny army so that to help them mm -hmm. subdue everyone else. Yes. So, so when Britain left, because they also created the police while they were colonized. When yeah. Britain left, oh, you see how black Americans say the reason why you still get police killing black Americans today is because the police system was actually built from the slave patrol. It's yeah. still the same system. Nothing changed. Nothing That's changed. exactly how it is in most of the countries in Africa. Those mm -hmm. old systems are still in place. Mm -hmm. And it, because it's based on the system, it doesn't matter whether it's white people doing it or it's black people killing each other. Yes. The system is there to just to oppress you. Yes. Whether it's white people oppressing you or black people oppressing you. Yeah, the system is the overarching thing. Yes. And, and they left those systems to keep control of those territories, even though they were leaving. But they didn't want, they want, they needed to keep their influence there so that the resources would keep coming. Yes. Because oh. if those resources they don't keep coming, I mean, we've all heard the, uh, when the French president, Jack Chirac, said, uh, if not for the resources and everything they get from Africa, France would be a third world country. Facts. Oh, yeah. This is what the man yeah, is trying to do like right it. now. He's trying to solidify yeah. that. This is why Macron, he knows if them men have already threatened to say, listen, we don't need to pay you no money. The Francophone nations have already tried to uprise. The man said, no, 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 hold on, hold on. We'll make things better for you. We'll take the army out, this, that, and the third. And then next thing you know, madness happened in Sudan and they was back again. Same thing with Britain. Do you know if... Wait, 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 wait. A lot of people think, oh, Britain has no real influence in Nigeria anymore. Lies, bro. 
<clears throat> Any country that has your you language, yeah, they have you, full influence there, bro. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Nigeria produces oil, yeah? In fact, we're, we're known for producing oil. In fact, that's the only thing we're known for producing. Mm. Yeah? Oil. Do you know that for every barrel of crude oil Nigeria sells to make money for herself, yeah? Mm -hmm. What I'm going to say next, what I'm going to say next is going to sound very hard to believe. I mean, I didn't believe it the first time I heard it. But the information is out. And people that keep up with the information are people that actually work where Nigeria pumps out her oil from. Hmm. For every barrel of oil Nigeria sells for herself to uh -huh. make money for herself, uh -huh. Britain gets 13 free. 13 barrels free. Wow. One. For 13, 13 for every one. 13. Yes. I know it sounds hard to believe, like, well, so, why would the Nigerians oh, even allow that? Why? So, so, sorry, just stop me there. So, basically, we are giving away. 13 times as much oil as we are, as we are keeping for ourselves. Yeah. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah. So therefore, yeah. what you're saying is potentially part of Nigeria's value is 13 times less than what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's outrageous. Now, what Britain does with the money, Britain takes the money from their 13 free barrels of oil to uh -huh. pay the rest of the world to keep quiet. First things first, Britain, Britain, no British companies are drilling oil in Nigeria. Because, oh, come on, we have to Britain. They're smart people. They're not going to be implicit in the crime. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh because that's outrageous. They're going to do the chilling, but I'm not going to be the chill. Get the fuck out of here. You know what? Yeah, every time this country just ends up being more sinister than ever before. Every time I hear some shit, like it's just like, who are these it's people? Fucked. Kill them now! <laughs> Bro, what? So, so, so what Britain does? Britain pays Dutch and French companies like Shell and Elf and American companies Chevron to yeah. drill Nigeria's oil. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So basically, when you go to where they pump out Nigeria's oil. You see Dutch ships, French ships, American ships, and even some British Britain ships, like independent businesses. Yeah. Just come, pump oil, and go. Free. No, basically, the, the guy that leaked the news, what he said was that when British, American, Dutch, and French ships come to get oil from Nigeria, they don't turn on the meter. That's a joke, they don't turn, they just pump, they just pump them, just pump them full, pat them on the back, off you go now, I'll see you next time. Legalise right, extortion, bro. Legalise yeah? extortion. It's like legalise extortion, bro. Oh, yeah, well, they were the colonizers. Yeah. And do you, know, do you know why, do you know Britain has become addicted to Nigeria's oil? In fact, the way I see it is this. You see how Saudi Arabia is to America? Yeah. Nigeria is Britain, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. They've become addicted to Nigeria's oil, so much so they couldn't... That's why neocolonialism is still going on in Nigeria. They can't let go, because if they do, their economy will collapse. Uh -huh. I mean, come on, let's let's break it down. How, what does Britain really do to make all the money she makes, to look after all the benefits she gives to people, housing benefit, universal credit, all the free NHS treatment, 
you know, even making those aircraft, those two new aircraft carriers she made. Yeah. Where does Britain get the money for that? Come on. It's not like Britain mines any natural resources. Yeah, the thing about it is, it's true. Like, I've said this in the past as well. I said, look, you know, apart from the Industrial Revolution that Britain had, what else are they actually producing? Nothing. Absolutely shit. A couple of apples and strawberries and some steel. Exactly. That is, that is exactly. They don't even make money from farming anymore because, number one, first things first, Britain's farmland can't mm. feed the British population. Most of the food comes in from outside. Back. So what's happened now is that most of the farmland in Britain has become exclusive. Yeah, that's the truth. The only and that's how, and that's how farmers become rich, because if it's exclusive. Yeah, exactly. They only make uh, premium food for rich people now. Yeah. Right. So the kind of food that grows out of Britain's farms, people like me and you don't eat it, because it's in Waitrose and uh, Marks and Spencer's and even more ex- farmers' markets where everything costs double the price. That's a fact, and they picked it and grow it organically, yeah? It's not for you, bro. You can't buy asparagus so, from Tim. It, it's, yeah. it's not in six pounds. Six pounds for four asparagus shoots ain't gonna work, bro. You're like, exactly, exactly. Six pounds for five asparagus shoots just because it came from some farmer saying, oh, yeah, I'm organic. <laughs> but hey, I mean... Yeah, you know. are, but you, you've got a better chance of his four asparagus shoots than the, the, um, the Tesco's, what do you call it, special offer 99p 30 asparagus <laughs> shoots from one country they just put exactly. it on there. It's, yeah. It's, so, uh, if you look at how Britain makes her money... The three top, the, the three main ways Britain makes money from, and when you look at it, it can't sustain all the free NHS, the benefits, social, uh, so, uh, so, well, the um, uh, social structure they've got going. Yeah, the social services thing, it can't do that no more. It was done. No, the, the, and and the, it's because oil prices was going down. That's why they was clamping down on those benefits as well. Yeah. Now, the number one way Britain makes money is from uh, the city, the city of London, mm-hmm. the financial sector. Uh-huh. But even then, Britain doesn't make too much money out of that. No. Because the fat cats in London are too busy sharing the money for themselves. Yeah, more cronyism again. In fact, in fact it's because of these fat cats that neocolonialism happens. Because they sponsored slavery, they sponsored colonialism, they're still sponsoring neo-colonialism. Uh, yeah, because they want their best interests. They're trying to secure their interests, not the country's That's all they're concerned about. Their yeah, 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 yeah. And their interests are tied to the feudalist mentality, the feudalist system, the feudalist way of thinking. Okay, explain that. Well, there are people I don't think they'll understand that. Explain the feudal system and what it means to be a serf. Because I use them words all the time, and people look at me like, oh, why do you keep saying that? Because we're on the plantation, bro. <laughs> Make no mistake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the plantation. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure, you know, I... You yeah, know, yeah, don't lose yourself. But yeah. Yeah. So you... Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I finished off colonialism and neocolonialism, the differences and why they're still the same thing, because even the neocolonialism, you're still working for someone. Yes. You know? You know, you're just getting peanuts, thinking you're earning something for yourself. Mm. Now, talking about feudalism, <clears throat> now, the world is run by feudalism. Yeah. Feudalism is the dominant system of, govern- of government in the world today. 
But that's not to say the world has always been run by feudalism. Feudalism is even new. It's a new way of governing. Yeah. If you compare it to, if you look at it in human history, and human history, realistically, is 220,000 years old. Yeah. Yeah? Feudalism is less than 10% of that human history. That's true. Feudalism only started when humans began to go crazy about kings. Oh, we need a king. We need a king. Yeah, Who's our were, king? When they were looking for leadership, and then that's where tax came when, out and all the rest of it. Yes. Yeah. But, but that's not to say that humans have always had kings or have always lived under kings or even have always needed kings. Because when you look at the oldest forms of society, of governance in society, yeah. they didn't have kings. No. And if you ask me, feudalism and the fact that feudalism always breeds a king is a big reason why the, why the world is fucked up today. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a structure shaped like a pyramid, a hierarchy, which is what feudalism is, yeah. where there's one person at the top mm-hmm. with so many privileges, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then a group of people at the bottom with little or no privileges. Some people are losing out. Yeah. That's based on inequality. Yeah. And scarcity. And that's what feudalism is. Feudalism is a system where a few people gang up, decide to control everything, and then they decide who they share out little bits to. Yeah, mafia business. <laughs> that's what that is, bro. And that's, and that's what capitalism is too. Capitalism is feudalism rebranded. During the slavery era, it was just pure feudalism. I mean, mostly there were kings everywhere. But <laughs> as soon as slavery ended, it, it seemed like there was a new age. It, oh, and it seemed like, oh, it was this new system with capitalism and then new nation states with presidents and prime ministers. Mm-hmm. But it was still essentially the same thing. Capitalism, what, what, basically, when, when the people that were controlling the feudalist system that ran slavery realized, look, we can't sustain this anymore, it's not just the black people revolting now, even white people are revolting too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah? So they realized we can't sustain this anymore. But they were at a crossroads. It's either we give it all up and lose all our profits or find a new system. Mm-hmm. That will maintain our profits. Mm-hmm. And they advocated capitalism because capitalism was is still a kind of feudalism where one man controls the company and he decides what everybody else gets paid. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, especially people who all they can think about is capitalism. Oh, that's the most perfect system. They can't think outside how you could actually run a company without that structure. They think that that's the only way you can run a company but then thanks to the millennials the children born after the year 2000 they've come to show us that you can actually run companies differently open source Mm. you contribute what you can for the benefit of not just everyone but by by virtue of what everyone else is doing too in contribution your benefit too yeah the addition you've been all collaborating collaborating yeah 
Collaboration, yeah. yeah. It's not. There is no little eyes and big U's. Oh. And the old guard who control the feudalist system, they don't understand this. They don't even like it as well. No, they hate it. Because it's a threat to their existence. Like, the old... My friend said to me, like, the, the time of the old white man is coming to an end. Mm. And I think everybody knows it now. These, these two... This shenanigans that just happened is the last bastion of this bullshit that we're going to ever watch. Hopefully, God yeah. fair life, we're going to see a whole new revamp of the whole thing. But this last two old man run to the, the end of nowhere just proves that this thing needs to go, bruv. The whole thing needs to go. And all the idiots that was dancing after them having parties talking about their life's better, be like, wow. Wow. Mm. Dave, your price is really it's low. Show. We haven't learned anything anything this year at all. Nothing from the coronavirus, nothing from George Floyd to this very day that we we're talking now. The people ain't learned nothing, bruv. Yeah, but they, but the test has not come in the right way, bruv. The suffering has not really started. Understand this. The suffering will come. And then when of it will course. come, then, then when the, the choice will come, yeah, who's willing to really hustle? And who just wants to just have their price and get paid and give up? That's the people that we no longer can be around anymore if we're looking mm. to go forward. Do you know why? Do you know why people struggle to learn? It's because it's actually hard work learning. <laughs> it is though. It is hard work learning because you're gonna have to dig deep for answers and in research and and question everything. Let me even get technical with it, like. What is the brain? The brain, the most advanced computer known to man in the universe as of as of till date. Yeah? The yeah. brain is a computer. Yeah. Weighs about uh, two or three pounds. Yeah. Mostly made of water, 98% water. Yeah. Uh, about a litre in volume. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mostly made up of Electrical signals. Yeah, and muscle mass. Some muscle mass. Well, just outside the world. No, no, no. There's no muscle mass in the brain, actually. Where is it? Just but there's obviously there's muscle mass in your head. Mm. So the the brain is and and critically, all that electricity in the brain. Basically, the, the, the brain uses. You know how you have your light bulb. Yeah. You remember the old light bulbs? You had a hundred watts and sixty watts. Yeah, light the bulb. filaments. Yeah. And then these days you get uh, fifteen watts, twenty-four watts. Yeah. Yeah. The brain uses about sixty watts of energy to keep itself running. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm. Now, that sixty watts is just basic, just to keep itself in default the uh, default mode. Yeah keep you alive, keep you breathing, keep regulate your body temperature, you know, balance this out, just you know, keep you from falling over. That's just default operation. All the basic operations, that's, just, you know. Now, when you start doing high cognitive activities, like planning, <laughs> yeah. thinking deep, yeah. your brain begins to draw more energy from the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A better way to understand this is like when you're using your computer, when you're using your laptop and you're just doing something basic like Word. Yeah. Your laptop will never freeze. 
And then when you start watching video, it starts freezing for maybe a second mm-hmm. or two. And, then, and that's because videos use more energy, draw more energy from the battery per, per second mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, for the laptop to show you that video. Now, when you start doing something that even needs more energy, like playing a game, the game starts lagging, freezing, jerking, you know, after a while. That's what happens to the brain when you start doing high cognitive abilities, mm-hmm. like like sports. That's why people are lazy. They will have, Once they get past a certain age, they can't be asked doing any more sports. Mm-hmm. And also thinking, planning. When you have to plan through something, it's like working through a confusion. Yes, you're not moving physical muscle, but your brain's drawing energy. Mm. And what happens, why people are lazy about thinking is, now, when you consume, say, 100 grams of food, yeah, and say that 100 grams releases 1,000 calories of energy, yeah, yeah, your body distributes this energy. It dis- you distribute some for your brain. It knows how much energy your brain needs. So you give your brain its portion, maybe say 20%. Mm-hmm. It knows how much mo- energy your muscle mass needs, maybe based on your weight, your height, how active you are. So you give your body that amount of, you give your muscle mass that amount of energy. It knows how much energy your bones need to regenerate. So when you eat food, say 100 grams of food, which releases 1,000 calories of energy, your body distributes this energy. Kind of like, you know, in Star Trek, when, well, well before we even get to that, like, like you know, in Star Trek, they've got engineering, and yeah. engineering has to be responsible for how much energy goes to either weapons or shield yeah. or, or, or enter turbo, yeah. the engines, warp drive, mm. you know, and... When you start thinking now, serious thinking, your body begins to draw more energy than it needs. And this means your muscles might not get the right amount of energy they need. Yeah. Other parts of the body are not going to get the right of energy they need because the brain is drawing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And it's kind of like, you know, like in Star Trek as well, when maybe the Klingons are blasting, they're blasting and their shields are down. They say, oh, shield, shields are 25%. Any more hits and we're done for. Right, draw engine from life support. Sorry, draw uh, draw power from life support. Draw power from um, um, warp drive. Yeah. You know, they start drawing extra power from everywhere else to try mm. to support the kills. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, so and, and just to let you know that the brain actually burns a lot of calories when you're actually doing serious thinking. I'll give you a short story, real life story. You know the game chess? Yeah. You know Kasparov, the Russian champion? Yeah, he was the champion. Yeah, I remember him. There was a, another Russian guy he lost to about 15 years ago, a guy called, uh, oh, what's his name now? Tall, lanky dude. No, it was his name, not Chekhov, something. Kranmik, Kranmik. Yeah. A guy called Kranmik. Mm-hmm. The competition between Kasparov and Kranmik lasted a month. Yeah. Before the competition, they took it. Now, Kranmik is a tall dude, about six foot five. Yeah. But he's got body. Yeah. They took a picture of Kranmik in a suit. 
and he looked like a tall, you know, tall man with presence. Yeah. Yeah? And then they took a picture of Cranmick a month after the competition in the same suit. And he looked like fuck it, like a bag of twigs yeah, in yeah. a baggy suit. He looked like a bag of twigs in a baggy suit, in a sack. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why also when you see people worrying a lot, stressing a lot, they tend to lose weight because the brain's burning energy. Yeah. yeah this is why it's very difficult for a lot of people to think outside their comfort zone. You know, this is why it's very difficult for a lot of people when, when people are telling them stuff like this or, you know, try to tell them, look, oh, there's this happening or this is what is the plan or this is what's going on. They don't want to know until they see it for themselves. It's like the Fulani Herdsman saga in Nigeria. Mm. When it was happening, you hear, oh, a hundred, a, one village had been attacked overnight, yeah. 120 people killed, men, women, children, even pregnant women with their stomachs bored open, the, the embryo or, you know, the fetus brought out and head smashed. Yeah. And the people in the other extreme part of Nigeria who were like uh, a thousand, maybe a thousand two hundred miles away from it, they didn't want to believe it because it wasn't happening right on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Until it actually started happening in villages closer to them, people, and they started seeing people actually running away from those villages to their villages. Yeah, and then it became real. Why are you leaving for? Exactly. Yeah. It's always you know? been like that, though. It's always been like And that's what's sad. It's like, whether it is they need meditation, whether it is they can let the information marinate, it comes to the point where the, just the suffering alone should be enough to, to get them into gear, but it doesn't. It doesn't provide any, it doesn't provide any, it doesn't provide any, um, how can you say, um, it doesn't provide any satisfaction for them. It's more about, oh, it's here now, can somebody deal with it? And I'm waiting for you to finish, our religion doesn't help, because what religion does is, that was my next question. You, you can't even understand or comprehend something like that, there's people like that that would do such. Yeah. And then, the more you keep hearing it, the, the best thing you think you can do in your religious head is, well, uh, God will punish those people. <laughs> and that's it. Mm. And then even when it's now on your doorstep, most religious people, all they can do is just pray. That's it. They still can't get themselves to a point where they realize, I have to defend myself, which means that I might have to yeah. kill someone. Yes. And that's... It might, it, it, it might come to that is. day. It's getting closer and closer to that time. That's why there's people yeah. out here going to the fields, learning how to shoot, learning how to fight, buying armory, buying guns, buying bullets. And the majority of people that's doing it are not black people, and this is what we should be doing. I'm, well, I'm not saying well, I'm advocating for gun violence, but all I'm saying is there's going to be a time. I am. Yeah, no, but you it's have protection. to defend pre- yourself. Protection is mandatory. Understand this, yeah? The man said, was it yesterday or today? I think it was yesterday. One of them generals for the UK army. The man said, oh, we should be potentially understanding that World War Three could be likely. Why Why do people say these things? Why do they say, oh, we need a mandatory vaccine by Christmas? These things that they say 
people think they're just saying them to saying them. They're clues into their real plan. There was, there was one day, one night, I was watching the news. <laughs> now, I stay, up, I stay up at night a lot because I can work better than, and I can take a, yeah, there's no phones ringing, so I, I can just focus on taking information. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was watching the news this night, and they showed North Korea, oh, they've built a longer-range missile. <sighs> okay. They showed China, oh, military exercises near Taiwan. Oh, okay. They showed Japan. Japan's developed an aircraft carrier, but they're saying it's not an aircraft carrier because it can only take helicopters. They showed Iran. Sanctions from America. I thought, fucking hell! <laughs> Fuck it. I thought they said the Second World War was the war to end all wars. What's happening? Why is everybody militarizing? What the fuck? Everybody's on a military one. Nothing has changed. And this this was about six or seven years ago. Yeah. And I said to my brother, I said, you know what? There's going to be a third world war. And he was like, nah, it can never be like that. That's why Europe was created. They centralized their steel so that nobody can make war against either. And then even the world is trying to do that now. They got the World Trade Organization and this and that and that. And I thought, dude... But look around you. Everybody's still make, trying to make the latest jet fighters. Yeah. The latest tanks. Why? Why? Still Is making bombs. Still making bombs that could blow up the whole world in one go. Why would you make such a thing? Why? Why? I'm always uh, questioning that. Oh, you know what? I saw this documentary, uh, and I think America used to put out this documentary as just as propaganda, just to let everyone know. Look, don't even try because we've got the baddest weapons. Have you seen a documentary called Future Weapons? Yeah, I've seen something about that. Fucking hell, know. when you see that weapon, you just get scared. Sorry, when you see that documentary, you just get scared. You have to, Rob. When, when you see the kind of things, things shit they're coming out with. Yeah, I've seen it all. I've well, seen bouncing. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one that scared me the most, yeah? I saw this gun. They called it a gun. Yeah. A gun. Yeah, just because it fires bullets. <laughs> but this gun can fire a million bullets per second. Yeah. Wow. A million bullets per second. That's right. That's right. Why would you build something like that? <laughs> Why? I, I don't know exactly. Why would you want to kill a million people per second? What? Like, like... <laughs> right, you know the one Why that not? killed me? You know the one that killed me? It's the one that's in the black mirror. You know the one with the drone? So they got one, they got uh, one... Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, got one, they got one, um, they got one um, grenade that has drones in it. So they throw it, yeah, and it blows up. But it doesn't just blow up, yeah. It's got little drones that go that can go into your skin and, and blow up inside. <laughs> oh, oh, what? yeah, like yeah, because I watched one Black Mirror thing and it was the same thing. They had this, there was this drone dog that was chasing them, and they blew it up. And when it blew up, the things that flew out went into their skin and blew them up. In like you know when you just like. These things are not even, they're just like, they're like the, this killing machines. You're just sitting well, right there. Well, have you, have you seen uh, that, that video about killer drones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And killer bees where, and killer hornets. All where, where it was this real tiny drone, very cheap to make. But then it had um, AI in it. Mm. And it also had, well, AI to fly itself and dodge obstacles and all that. And also it had face recognition. Mm-hmm. And then he had a small explosive pad. Yeah, yeah, that the man so was swinging in the air. Yeah, so, so basically, if you were being targeted, 
this drone will fly around looking for your face. And as soon as it found your face, it will just fly towards your face. And, and then the explosive charge in it will just, you know, bang and fry everything in your skull. You know, can you imagine that? You know when you just, you have to, you, 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 I don't even know if you can consider, if you can, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. It's the madness when you think about it in context. It's fucking crazy. But you know, but the thing is, yeah, when people make these things, they always think that they're going to make it for the ops. What people now have to realise is because one thing that happened is like the gift and the curse. One thing you can say about the orange man, yeah, is that, mm. all right, then he didn't stop wars. He just stopped people fighting in, 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 mm. in a mass scale. So the people are not fighting. So therefore, they've got no one to fight. But the enemy is still out there. It just has to change the face. So eventually, the, enemy, say, the enemy will become us. Should I say what I think about war? Yeah. Okay. And then now, we'll lead into the stars thing as well, straight after that. intrinsic in human nature but somewhere along the line we started war and I think the first recorded anything that looked like a war was about 50,000 years ago somewhere in the south of Spain mm -hmm. where they saw a mass of and and you know a small tribe of say five men trying to defend their little land from another small invading tribe just trying to raid them for some food it's yeah. not a war no. But that's how it was back then, you know, because there was no law as well. Mm -hmm. There was no law, you know, established law or order. Yeah, they're just universal but, law, isn't it? Just live as I... Yeah. So you were prone to be raided by anyone who didn't respect your law. Your law was your law, but not theirs. But the first incident of anything that looked like a war in human society was about 50,000 years ago in the south of Spain, where they found this... Well, it was a site where archaeologists found about 30 bodies mm. with arrowhead wounds and, you know, club, you know, they, they look like they clubbed each other. Mm -hmm. And because of the size of the, uh, the amount of bodies, like 30 people, that was quite a lot. That was a proper group melee. They probably were going at it. Yeah, that's a scrap. Know? Yeah, a group, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I think war probably properly became established in human society with the... Um, dawn of nomadism yeah now humans had always been hunter gatherers which meant they moved around mm. and you know followed the flock the animals and the season but that was just uh hunter being hunter gatherer now yeah. nomadism as in being a nomad or or a pastoralist started after humans domesticated so-called uh, uh, bovine animals, cattle, sheep, goats, yeah. and then started farming. moving around with them. No, yeah. no, no. Oh. Yeah, this was after farming. After farming. Yeah, I was going to say that. After farming, yeah. We, we became pastoralists after farming. You know, people started settling down before they became nomads. Now, the nomads became nomads because by virtue of having so many bovine animals to feed, they had to follow the seasons. 
remember there was no modern technology then so they couldn't store grass they just had to wait till they found dry grass which meant following the seasons moving from place to place yeah now at that time farmers had already become established you know so when they moved from place to place they'll come in contact with farmers yes sometimes there'll be no conflict sometimes there will be conflict yeah and this is how war began yes because the 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 first should i say genocide against the people of melanated skin happened as a result of pastoralists crossing from russia into alaska and then into the americas mm-hmm. and this happened ten thousand years ago when they crossed in now these people they were mongoloid people yeah lights they were you know light-skinned no melanin when they crossed in they saw another group of people there who were melanated called the australoids yeah yeah and they just killed them off within two they killed them off within two thousand years now the australoids were settled the mongoloids were pastoralists yeah and also when you look at the history of pastoralism it's always been a history of war yeah and in central asia this and this this is when warfare became just became abstract just became it wasn't normal anymore when the pastoralists in central asia invented the chariots or discovered the chariots mm-hmm. warfare just became unhinged yeah i could imagine bro. <clears throat> it just i think well sorry sorry first of all the, after they discovered the horse first yeah the horse then the chariots yeah. everything just yeah that's that's how you see warfare as it is today like brutal unbridled killing yeah you know and it was on discovery of the chariot four thousand years ago that they unleashed the second great genocide against the melanated people of melanated skin mm-hmm. and the people of melanated skin are currently in today's world living through the third great genocide and um, I, I have a theory that we've only got a hundred years left before we go extinct. With the whole human race? No, no, the people of melanated skin. A hundred years? Black, black people, yes. We've got a hundred years left before we go extinct. Un, un, unless, unless? Unless we wake up now and take charge of our destiny because... We, we, to be honest, I probably need to do another talk about this because a lot of people, when they hear this, they probably won't understand it. No, they no. Gonna, they think, gonna... oh, but Africa is the youngest continent. Yeah. You know, we have more young people than any other continent. Oh, but white people are dying out. You know, there's more old people in their society than young people. Nah, nah, don't look at that information. That information is just, it's just false. It's false. The real thing is that black people have been going extinct for 10,000 years and 
at the current situation, we've got less than a hundred years. Yeah, I want to say. To be honest, I want to save yeah. that one for another one because that that yeah, thought because yeah. you've shared that with me. That's very interesting because yeah. there's things that we have to present with that information to make it like clear. Yeah, yeah. Because what they what they, know, what yeah. they will do is just look at what maybe like in the terms of who's being born and dying. Well, you can't do yeah. that. What you have to look is land mass and where we occupy. And Rowan, you could answer this, yeah. In in uh, black people in spread over the world, where's our highest density of population? Well, black people. Yeah. Well, we have to be Africa, innit? And how much of Africa is are we densely populated? What do you mean how well I would say probably the majority of Africa. Are we? Are you? Is it? I would. Uh, well, are we talking about sub-Saharan? Definitely. Well, uh, sub-Saharan Africa is just about half of Africa. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more, bro. The, the 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 other half of Africa is not populated by black people. It's it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why. That's yeah. Why I said so, so, so that yeah. alone. But in North Africa is. Oh, Arabs and um, yeah. South Africa. I mean, obviously, there's there's a, a high, quite a high concentration of white people in other races in Africa. Even Eastern Africa, they they as you go Arabs, they they're mixed with Arabs, and even like uh, people from India and China now, mm. in countries like Kenya and Uganda, yeah. they're trying yeah. to do their takeover thing there, and, and yeah. Benin, Zimbabwe, they're trying to do their takeover thing there. Yeah. So really, it's only Sub-Saharan where. Where most of the black people are. I mean, it's highly densely populated with black people. We're talking millions and millions. But, but boy, but, we're, we're asleep. We're asleep. But remember, remember, I was telling you that there was Australoid people in the Americas before the Mongoloid people came and wiped them out ten thousand yeah. years ago. Now, these Australoid people, some of them are actually still around today, but they are not. None of them is in America anymore. They are. They are in Australia. The Australoid people are the Australian Aborigines. Uh. And they are the closest people to Africans genetically. Mm. Uh. Because when they left Africa, their genetics wasn't infused with any other genetics of any of the other hominids around at the time. Like Neanderthal man, Denisovan, mm. you know. So... Basically, basically, to, like, 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 uh, like, like, uh, my man said, we need to do a proper, I, I think, podcast, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you know, and ideally, maybe even with video. Yeah. Or some sort of visuals, because yeah. there's a lot of things to to really get the picture. There's a lot of things to not just hear but see, and and. One of the things that's critical is to understand this, that there's fundamentally two types of human beings on the planet. There's the melanated people and there's the non-melanated people. And the melanated people, there's two types of them. There's the Africoid and then there's the Australoid. Now, there's different types of Africoids. You know, there's the uh, Khoisan, there's the Pygmies, there's the Niger-Congo people, there's the Nilo-Saharans, there's the Chadic, you know, there's the Ethiopians. Mm -hmm. Australoids have now been reduced to just one group in Australia. Otherwise, 
the larger group used to be in the Americas, North and South America. Yeah. But they've been wiped out. Okay, what about, what about, um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but what about black people of Asia? If you think Those about are asteroids yeah. as well. Those are asteroids. But you know the yeah. Chinese breeded them out, killed them, so a lot of them yeah, breeded them out. That's why, yeah. that's why... That happened in Argentina as well. When you go to Thailand, it's mad. I don't know if you, you guys have been to Thailand, but I've been to Thailand. It's mad. <laughs> I remember I went to a floating market in Thailand. We went through some like remote areas of Thailand. Yeah. When I tell you there were Thailand people, the darkest black people, they look black, bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to my mum my mum spoke about me quite, quite a few times recently she said yeah basically the people of thailand malaysia singapore philippines they're literally black people that got breeded out by chinese yeah yeah and, and the same and within, the that... same with indians as well yeah got yeah. breeded out by 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 um white people, by white people. Yeah. oh yeah and the dark-skinned people in those places they don't get a voice like if they were doing a beauty competition there all the girls in that competition would be like skin yeah, they don't. They don't get a chance in that. They don't get a chance yeah. in that. Yeah, because that's not. And in the, India, in India, there's the worst kind of racism ever. Where it's, it's not even. It's a caste system where the bottom caste is actually called untouchable. Mm. And if if you know what untouchable means and what the untouchables go through, man. No, no. It's just dark. As in, as an untouchable, yeah. You're not allowed to touch anyone of higher caste than you. That's why them... In fact, is it... No, I was going to say, that's why them rapes keep happening. Because the people they're doing it to are of that. They're like the poorest of the poor of the poor. Them people don't have no caste. Oh, no. No, the the rape thing is not just a caste. It's not based on caste in India. I mean, you know, but as for the caste system in India... What it means to be an untouchable... Now, the caste system is based on skin colour. The darker you are, the lower your caste. Mm. Um, the caste system is not like the class system. In the no, class no. system, you can rise from working class to middle class. Yeah. And then if you marry the right girl, you become upper class. Yeah. Yeah? Mm. But in a, in a caste system, there's no rising. No, there's no rising. You, you are who you are. Huh? You are who you are. You're like, you're like, if you're born in this caste, you remain in that caste. Your children will remain in that caste. Their children, their great grandchildren, all you will remain in that caste. You know, and the caste system is based on skin color. So the blackest people in India are the untouchables. They are the ones that they are not allowed to touch anyone in another caste above them. And other people in other castes don't touch them. And it's, check this out, it's so extreme that. Imagine you are of higher caste, yeah? And I walk past you, yeah? Mm. And I'm of untouch I'm, I'm an untouchable, the lowest caste. And even though I didn't touch you, but somehow my shadow, my shadow cast across your across your skin as I was walking past. Yeah? When you you when you of higher caste, when you get home, you go have a shower. Yeah. Did, did, did you understand that? Yeah, yeah. You go and have a shower like you want the 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 the, the scent or the, the 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 how can you say the uh, the. No, 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 no! I didn't touch you. I know, 
But just being in it the presence of you. Shadow. Yeah, it's the shadow. But because of the presence of you, just being in your vicinity means that I have to yeah. rid myself of you. Yeah, that's terrible. You know, so that, that's, that's how bad the racism is there. Yeah. But yeah, just to even round up what I was saying about war. Now, I'm, I know there's a lot of people, especially a lot of millennials, who think, oh, let's end all wars. What is this? What is that? What is that? Nah, I don't advocate that. Oh, right. I actually, but but what I don't advocate is well, I actually think the human race we're now at a stage where we actually need to stop warring each other. But it doesn't mean we should stop developing weapons of war and stop keeping some sort of army. Yeah. Because I think the human race we're about to now become a galactic species. Mm-hmm. And hey, who knows? There might be ex- other extraterrestrials out there who might just be hostile. We need at least a line of defense. Obviously. So I think our, our, our warfare should now be focused more on research against, even though the enemy doesn't exist yet, but against hypothetical enemies. Yeah, of ones that we haven't seen yet, rather than yes. our own. Yeah, I do believe that. So rather than against each other. Yeah, now, it's some people... Like your typical Republicans you who love their guns in America, like me, I'm not against guns, but it's just, you know, there needs to be some sort of control on guns. Some people think, well, you can't really get the best results if all your wars are just hypothetical. You know, sometimes, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying this, this is just typical Republican mentality as well, but, you know, I'm sure there's people like that who think, oh, you need real wars. You know, after all, there's people who push for wars in government. Yeah. Just because they want to test out new weapons. Yeah, or they have some kind of quota to fulfill. Or maybe to even, like people say, they do it to empty the wealth. They have to get rid of some people because exactly. there's too many. Exactly. But, but the, 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 the culling and the, um, the unfair killing and the, the created disasters, oh, they come at a price. Do you understand? Because... The people that have to stand in front of this serve to perpetuate the same reason why I would need a gun because I, I'm under a, yeah, ty- yeah, a tyrannous yeah. government. That, that that in itself is nonsense because we will sit here, then why we will have something like SARS. SARS exists because a person who was there before and had the system entrusted in place to keep certain things going. When that, yeah. when that was no longer able to happen, the thing, the failsafe was, let's create a new dominion over the people which will now instill the fear from them within us. Do you understand? We're just, re- it's like a reset. You thought we was playing. Here we go, let me let off two shots. Because from where I'm from in Jamaica, that's how they do it. After a while, when they just feel like the people are getting out of hand, they just go and let go of some, pe- some things on certain people. See, like, we're not playing, bro. Like, just in case you forgot, we're here. Them things is like the wickedest form of power of how you use it. Do you understand? It's the, the psychopathic nature. Just to let, like, I'm going to use my heavy hand just to wake you lot up, make you lot know I'm still here. Well, exactly. No, well, now, exactly. That's, now, when it, now, if you ask me, yeah, yes, there's terrorists, yes. Yeah. But when governments start using terror tactics, there's nothing more pervasive than that. Nothing, exactly. And SARS was a classic case of a government using terror tactics on its own people. Yeah, war crimes. That's what that is. 
on its own people, pure terror. Keep, just keep killing them every day. So that they just get scared. Mm. You know. <laughs> but the thing is, you can't you can't sustain terror tactics because. There's, there's no greater force or power in the universe than the desire and need for freedom. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can stop that. Nothing. This is why many wars are won and lost. When a man comes to take away their land from you and you believe that wholeheartedly that that cannot happen, that man will never win. Never win. Yep. Never. Win. Yep. That's why the Taliban are still there. The man will never yeah, leave, bro. exactly. I don't exactly. even leave Jojo. As soon as you come on this land, you're done out here. And I've done you right three times before this. Keep coming. It's the same result, bro. You have to Exactly. Leave. And the price is two million for the for the brown. So stop coming here with no money. <laughs> that's, that's just what it is. Stop exactly. coming here with no money. Come with the money, then the transaction will take place. When you come here with the machines, uh, it's a different story. And, and, and this, is why, this is why colonizers, oppressors, people that seek to dominate... It's not even just about military conquest. They'll try and fuck you up psychologically with some religion or something. Yeah. Because, because, like I said, the strongest force or power in the universe is the need and desire for freedom. And all you really need to keep going is just one thought. One day, I will be free. Yeah. And that's what, that, and that's what black people say all the time. Yeah. That's, that's what, what we've been we since we've seen Amistad, bro. Day. It since will, we see, we will be free one day. Since we see yeah. Amistad, let me happen. free, bro. But really, shit is happening now, blood. Yeah, because the young boys, yeah, yeah. the mean, young boys are fighting for it. The young people are fighting for it, bro. I mean, I mean, a, a huge percentage of us have caved in because you know after the uh, last uh, um, awakening during the sixties and seventies with uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Yeah, and, you know the supremacists managed to suppress those guys. Yeah, they've made sure we haven't risen up since. Mm-hmm. Until now, we're beginning to rise up. But I'll tell you what. Now, why I've been I've been watching the so-called awakening going on, and w- if you notice, the supremacists haven't done anything. You know why? No. Why? Because you were confused. Yes, we're trying to wake up, but we're so confused. Listen, we're, we're awake of what's going on, but we have no plan. We no have no, plan. We, we have no economic plan. Once we get economic power, that's when you see what they're, that's when you'll see their faces again. That's when you see their next move. But for now, it's like, oh, let them let them run the streets. Let them let them make you know damage the buildings or yeah it's fine let them do what they want let them stand their ground let them dance in the streets let them vote but then but then even before we get to you know whether we have a plan or not yeah Mm. you know why they're not even flinching yes they know we're becoming more aware that you know we're not really free but you know why they're not even flinching no because when they look at us we're either still deeply as religious as they left us and they think to themselves, well, they still believe in our God, so, you know, they're still confused. And then, for those of us that think we're now spiritual, so we've broken away from their religion, yeah? Oh. When they look at them, them ones, they even laugh harder. Hmm. Because spirituality is, in a way, a bigger confusion than religion. Spirituality. You, yes, yes, because when you look at spiritual people, yeah? 
One person's spirituality is totally different. They're just in their own bubble, innit? Yeah.
Well, that you know what? Can I say something? That's been said because when let's say for instance Ice Cube went with a contract and said I don't really care who who's, who wants to talk to me I'm just about the money he's yeah, vilified but once you're doing something for them oh there's a good nigga this DC is where it is now when you're talking the thing you want to they want you to list they want you to stay it's all good when you talk about now I need to get mine now what do you mean you need to get yours we're giving you enough huh oh but let me also say this, yeah? Let me also say this. Now, when I say weapons, some, uh, you know, black people don't like to uh, talk about war and killing. No, you know, when I say weapons, yeah? Don't even, I see, like I said, I've been, watching, I've been watching the awakening. I watched the past awakenings and I know about the struggles. But I haven't just been watching. Mm-hmm. I've been planning as well. Yeah. Now, when I say, when I talk about weapons, black people tend to get put off. They think, oh, well, so what? I, you know, weapons for what? Well, we're going to fight white people. Come on. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not ridiculous. I know we can't fight that. I mean, how many weapons do, come on. Even if we make it 100 AK-47s, which is the easiest weapon to make, yeah? Mm-hmm. All they need is two jet fighters, and those hundred fighters carrying those AK 47s are gone. Yeah, it's finished, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, when I say weapons, I don't even mean to fight white people. We can't fight them. Yeah. Yeah? Do you know what we need weapons for? We need weapons to. It, basically, the diaspora of black people is going to have to save Africa. Hmm. We need weapons to go in, take out all those uh, warrant chief presidents we have all over Africa working for European interests. Yeah. Like, literally arm our own people to take them out. Because the only reason why they can get away with the oppression, they're oppressing their own people, and things like SARS, is because the people don't have weapons. Nigerians don't carry, don't have weapons. They don't have guns like in America. That's why they can get away with it. That's what the pro. That's what that Black Panther thing was about. You know, when he said, "Oh, you did treason to the people. Why did you sell our technology?" He said, "Our people need weapons. When you're in Wakanda, yes. you're fine. You've got all the things to defend yourself for years. Out here, man is yes. out here with these people in the wild with nothing." But, but it, a lot of the mistakes we've made in the past is we've armed ourselves and looked like we're trying to fight white people. Yeah. Now, white people are not going to have that. Mm. They're not going to have that. Yeah. What I'm saying now is we should arm ourselves and fuck up our enemies within. Yeah. Oh, that's, thank you, sir. Because I've been saying that for years. Ain't that real, D? Ain't that what I've been saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm true, saying, true, I'm, true. like, we're not going to fight. The white people are too strong in number. We need to reconsolidate and think about a real plan before we go fight with them. We'll get smoked straight away. But if we take away the pagans and the agents they got that's working for them against our own progress, that will start yes, to... There's pure agents. And you know I've been talking about agents for time yeah, as well. Time. But this is the thing that we think about, Starman. These are the, these are the messages we send them. The, the fact that the agents are our biggest problem. Not so much the white people. Yeah. Because the white people have already sent their insurgents in to corrupt and and be flying the white man. 
So it's already over. You're, you're there attacking the source, but their source is too strong for you to get to right now. They've even brutalised us more than the white people. Exactly. Yeah, because they're, they're I mean, snitch. They snitch and they work for them, thinking that they're for uh -huh. us, but they're really I mean, for them. Okay, now, the, the the agents for Britain in Nigeria are this Fulani tribe everyone's been hearing about these days. Mm. Now, these Fulanis, they were already slave traders even before Britain got to Nigeria. Mm. Now, what happened was... Now, when Britain came, Britain came to exploit, capture a few slaves if they could. But in doing that, they 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 realized, wait, hold on, but these planes actually, we don't even need to fight them. And they shook hands and became partners in crime. So the Fulanis will raid the other tribes for slaves march them to the coast, sell to Britain and, you know, several other European countries, those ones who give them guns to go raid more slaves. Yeah, keep going. You know, so the, the, the Fulanis and other tribes like that in Africa have always been used as the enemies within. You know, because when you realistically think about it, back in them days, Britain couldn't physically muster a big enough navy to go into Africa and be kidnapping approximately 350,000 slaves a year to half a billion slaves a year. Come on. You need an army to do that. And also, you see, that, that I'm sure you, you've all heard that statement, oh, black people sold each other. Yeah. Mm. That's a big lie. I mean, look, look, that, when I say that's a big lie, that statement is very is a very cleverly constructed statement to confuse black people. And if you believe that statement, you will never understand what actually really happened during. Well, well, when you say that, yeah, when you say that, it's mm -hmm. a, a big confusion for the people in the diaspora. We're unaware mm -hmm. of what to believe because our history is told to in patches. And I've had this discussion with you. For us to understand the entirety, but I believe with what you're trying to do, when you put it in context and try and put it in some kind of chronological order, would really help from for us in the understanding of a timeline. Because when we hear, <clears throat> we hear that, oh, black people didn't sell us. Yes, that's true. But then in some of the countries, they, they, it's true they don't know nothing about slavery. They wasn't a part of it. Their people wasn't captured. But there's other part of people yeah. that have evidence that shows this is where we came through. Like when they talk about Albino Castle, yeah, yes. they don't, they don't, yeah. they they make it always seem like no, no slaves lived here, but they passed through here. But where were they coming from, and who was getting? Them? Oh no no, but that, that's actually what happened. You see, you see the um uh, the return to Ghana that a lot of African Americans have been doing lately. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them actually mistaken. A lot of them think they came from Ghana because the last thing they know about where they came from was that Elmina Castle in Ghana. Yeah. But see, by the time Elmina Castle was built, that region that became Ghana today had been devastated. There was no hardly anyone there left to enslave. <laughs> a lot of them were kidnapped from places like Togo, yeah. the Republic, and even Western Nigeria. Marched there 
and sold. Yeah. Well, that's a long way to walk as well. Jesus Christ. Yes, I mean, it took months. It took months. And this is why slavery couldn't have been... Now, see, why I say that statement that, oh, your forefathers uh, kidnapped and sold each other, it can be very confusing, especially to black people in diaspora. Yeah. Because when you hear that, you think it was just... Your next door neighbor just, oh, fucking hell, he looks healthy. Jacked <laughs> you up and started running to Amina Castle to sell you. Yeah. You get me? But that's what the story's like turning that. into. That's what it's, but you see, from what the story started out when we was young to what the story's turning into, it's just turning into, like, it, some sort of cowboy situation where man is just rolling and there's bandit trees happening where man's just seeing you and slashing you off the street in a sack. And you're just turning up, like you said, at the but, castle for twenty pounds. But you, you, slavery could never have happened like that. Like, I know. Your own village, your own neighbor, just thought, hmm, he looks healthy. You just kidnap you and go sell. It could never have happened like that. And I can, I'll debunk it now, if like, see. And also that statement that your forefathers sold each other. Why I said it's the most confusing statement ever told black people is because. When you hear that, in a way, you begin to blame your own forefathers. It's like making the victim, the victimizer of him being victim. Like, yeah, it's like it's weird. making the victim blame himself uh, for, for being captured. On himself. Yeah, for being captured. Like, and, yeah. and that's why, that's why a lot of black people, like a lot of black Americans, don't like Africans because they think, well, you guys sold us. Yeah, well, and yeah. it's not even that because when you find, when you read the stories of Queen and Zinga, and things like that, and you find out how long they were fighting and the kind of deals they had to make so the rest of them don't get captured and all that. You know it's exactly. something else that was happening. But that would mean you exactly. need you need to read. <laughs> because sometimes people don't read. So they don't read, so they don't understand. But when you start to feel like if you read, then that's why you know that statement doesn't make sense. I understand what you're saying. When you say that to me, I didn't get offended, but maybe somebody who's listening, there's a lot of things that I feel that we've said that would be unpopular. And you don't know what you're talking about. And Joe Biden's the winner. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, once again, white people will not save you, bro. I'm not here to tell you that they will, but I'm also here to tell you, get the fuck out of my face with that foolishness. Because I've read and I understand there's parts of the story that's missing. Those are the bits I'm searching now, for. That's my own personal now, message. Now, mo- most most of the slaves... Now, slaves are being captured across Africa. Yeah. Yeah? Now, th- in fact, the first slaves that were actually captured were from East Africa, but they were captured by the Arabs and taken up into Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And... Um, in capturing the Arab, in capturing the East Africans, the Arabs quickly discovered that oh, these guys were quite stubborn. They were very recalcitrant to slavery. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't break them a hundred percent into slavery. They kept rebelling, revolting, and if given half a chance, they'll kill their master even. Mm. Yeah. So by the time they conquered the whole of North Africa. Instead, destroying a lot of the um, Milo, Saharan, and Chadic civilizations mm-hmm. and capturing black people there, those people too had a similar makeup of the Ethiopians and stuff in East Africa. Yes. And when I say Ethiopians, I don't mean the Ethiopians around today. 
You mean the one before? We're talking about like 1,300 years ago. Mm. The Ethiopians around today, they've been mixed by Yemenis, Arabs, they've been mixed. Mm. You, you know. But when they came to uh, West Africa, they started capturing Chadic people as well into slavery from Senegal to northern Nigeria. Yeah? yeah. But a lot of those slaves were taken into the Arab world because the Europeans hadn't come into the game at this stage. Okay. Now, who was capturing who? It was the Arabs who initially destroyed Egypt. That's why Egypt is not no longer black people there today. Mm-hmm. The Arabs came in, destroyed Egypt, destroyed all the civilizations in North Africa. Yeah, because they, so the they were the ones that was doing yeah. the grave robbing. They were the ones that were robbing the graves at the pyramids. It was yes, like, yes, the Arabs were robbing the graves. And then, and then the well. French found out, and then the French got there quickly and started rinsing it for whatever was left. And then after they put yeah. everything, said, oh, it's a sacred site, no one else can't rob nothing. We know the plan. Yeah. <laughs> we know the plan. Well, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so the, the Arabs were raiding for slaves across the Sahara. Initially, they started from East Africa, mm. and then they got to West Africa. They were taking slaves from the Chadic civilizations like uh, the original Ghana, that's why Ghana collapsed. Mm. The original uh, Kingdom of Mali, that was why Mali eventually converted to Islam because the Chadic people there realized, well, if Islam says you can enslave fellow Muslims, oh, maybe if we convert to Islam, maybe they'll leave us alone. Yeah. You know, but also as they were collapsing a lot of those civilizations, those Chadic people, ran south into the uh, sub-Saharan jungles. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Now, before I even carry on from there, let me just say this. Now, I'm sure you've heard a lot of African tribes say, uh, oh, their origin is from Egypt, their origin is from... Uh, uh, their, their origin is from Israel. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in that. Because when the Arabs were destroying Egypt 1,300 years ago, mm-hmm. a lot of the original Egyptians ran into Africa. Yeah. I they're not just going to sit there and wait around to get slaughtered or first converted to Islam. No, they're going back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, by the time they were conquering North Africa, there was a lot of Jews in North Africa. Mm-hmm. And North Africa then was Christian. Yeah. And why there was a lot of Jews in North Africa was because... Um, shortly after the death of Jesus Christ, the about 50 years after the Romans massacred Jerusalem because mm. the, the Jews were just well, the Hebrews were just too stubborn. Mm. So that massacre sent the Hebrews into a diaspora mm. across around the whole of the Mediterranean in the European part of the Med- shores of the Mediterranean and the African shores of the Mediterranean. Mm. So that's why there was a lot of Jews in North Africa when the Arabs came. And the Arabs had particular beef against the Jews. Even though the Arabs and the, well, the Arabs and the uh, Hebrews had Semitic links. They are, you know, I mean, Hebrews uh, were originally were originally black people. Mm-hmm. And then they began to blend with Semitic people. Yeah. When, when the Hebrews were the original Canaanites. Yeah. And then Abraham, who was a Semite, yeah. migrated from today's Iran mm-hmm. into Canaan. Mm-hmm. And the Canaanites, they had this agenda of taking over. They took over and they didn't kill off the Hebrews, but they blended them into the society. But, and then somewhere out there, Judaism sprang up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know? 
Oh, we'll keep that one. We'll keep that one for a different presentation. Yeah, yeah no, that the history. But okay, just to speak to it, just to round it up now. In terms of the situation now in Nigeria, since it's been yeah. a couple of weeks, has it calmed down, or is this is this the eye of the storm, or is it just beginning? In your view. Oh, oh, this is part one. Oh, See? there's more to come. Okay, See? before you before you go into that, I just want to I just want your your view on who's behind. Uh, you still haven't explained who is behind SARS, who is actually behind SARS. Okay, and I was why actually... is it? And why is it only now? Why is it beginning? Why is it in its first stage? Okay, okay. Who is behind SARS? Okay, now uh, that's why I was actually talking about uh, the Arab invasion of North Africa. Okay. Now, as they were destroying the Chadic civilizations, uh, the, a lot of the Chadic people ran into the forest, just like a lot of the Jews from North Africa ran into the forest when they were destroying North Africa. And they realized the Africans in the forest didn't actually have hierarchical feudal systems. Mm-hmm. They were, their societies were based along Republican lines. And when I say Republican, I don't mean like the Republican Party in America. Nah, the, 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 African, the West African Republican societies were the original Democrats because these societies existed even before the first Greek village. These were the people that originally invented democracy. Because even when you compare their republican societies and the structures to Greek Greek democracy back then when the Greeks invented theirs and their structures, Mm -hmm. the Greeks were nowhere near as democratic or as republican as the West Africans. Because the Greeks still had slaves. Yeah. Yeah. The West African societies in the forest had no slaves. Mm. And I can tell you why. Why? Because they had no kings. Yes. They had no their society was not based in feudalism where they had to be a privileged top and a less privileged bottom. Mm. And by virtue of not having kings they had no armies. Yeah. And by virtue of having no armies, those societies have no histories of conquering each other. Yeah. So where did they get their own slaves from? This is why when they tell you, oh, your forefathers captured each other, if you think it was your own people actually capturing and selling each other, you've, you've followed for the trick. Mm-hmm. They've kept you divided from your own people. It's the insurgents that are responsible for that. Now, the people that were capturing slaves from the forest regional, basically, like, like I said, the Arabs discovered that the Chadic people and the Nilo Saharan people, you couldn't break them 100% into slavery. Why? Because these people understood a hierarchical system. Mm-hmm. Because they had hierarchical systems in there, so, like the Kushites. Yeah, they did, yeah. They had hierarchical So they knew their place in society. And if you put them in the position of a slave, they knew what you were doing to them. Yeah. So they did, they, according to the Arabs, they never stopped trying to escape. <laughs> and the day they escaped, they made sure that they killed their master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad. That's, so, that's how many of them so, feel now. Like, any slave that's there now, they're like, I'm planning for you. When the day comes, you're dead and I'm gone. They're planning for you. That's the day. So when the, when, when the Arabs started capturing slaves further south into the forest... But this, not this time, it wasn't the Arabs. It was by, at this stage, 
the, the mongrel of shoot of their mass raping of black sub-Saharan African women's sleeves have become entire tribes of their own. Okay. Like the Fulani, like the Tuareg. Yeah. They were now doing the slave raiding for the Arabs, raiding further into the south, into the forest. Okay. And taking over. That's what republic it, means. It was exactly. Yeah, republic means a god for the people, by the people, with the people. That's, 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 that's all it means. That's real republic. There real. is no leaders. Like, we all be governed together. So, like, for instance, there's a society. Uh, there's no society, but all of a sudden, there's certain things in like, Argentina. So, if you know about Argentina, we spoke about it before. They killed a lot of their brown yeah. people in their country. Yeah? yeah so, now, yeah, yeah. they've turned against. There's no one else to destroy now, so they're destroying their own people. Some, some, some Caucasian-looking people have decided to leave the city and just occupy some land, and then they're going to build and live on this land, and they're calling themselves a republic. The one thing they stated, and the people said, they was like, we don't want no leaders here. Everybody has to do for self and do for others like they would do for themselves. That's all that's required. If anything, if anything more, 
That's all grateful. Anything less, they can't live here. <coughs> that's it. That's the rule. I, I, th- I think. I think the world will finally get back to republicanism. Yeah, it has. It's the most successful system until ten thousand years ago, when everybody started going crazy about kings. Mm. I think that history of kings is coming to an end because it's clear to see now that the history of kings, presidents, and CEOs is a history of psychopaths. So would you say that's what's exactly. making the star system continue because people want to see the feudalism continue against the poor people? Is that why they, the system's still in place? Until the system is removed, it will never change. The system is, the system is in place just because a few people, a tiny minority, want to protect what they've accumulated, what yeah, they've looted cool. from everyone else. Yeah. And they want to hand it over to their children. Yeah. Like, like nepotism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Feudalism is based on nepotism. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I why, why accrue all that? Why accrue so much, so much? Accrue so much to yourself alone and then just die and leave you behind? Why not hand it to your children? Mm-hmm. And you your know? children and their people and their followers. Exactly. And then hand it to your children and then spread a little bit to your... This, this is why... This is why I don't tie all white people with the evil of slavery or trying to oppress black people. Because to me, a lot of white people are still slaves. It's just the white don't realize it. It's just that they are the most comfortable slaves. Yeah. Because the feudalists who have accrued everything to themselves manage to break them off a bit. Because the feudalists recognize that they can't fight all the battle themselves. They need to buy some people over. Yeah. So they buy white. They buy their fellow white people over, simply so just by playing the tribal card. Oh look, yeah. I'm white. You're white. We have the same outlook to life. We have an interest to protect. That's how they manage to buy all white people in. So much so that they've even bought white people who had nothing to do with the original slavery in, like the East Europeans. Yeah. That's why <laughs> East European being racist to a black person today. I think, what the fuck? You, but you had nothing to do with it. Yeah, why, you never why seen you me before. You never uh, seen me at if, all. If, if anything, if anything, you two were victim of yeah. that slavery. Yeah. Where the fuck does the word slave come from? Slave come from? Yeah. It comes from slaves. You know, so they've just managed to build this protection around themselves based on tribe, the tribe of skin. Ah, okay. So they've managed to bribe fellow white people to think that their outlook to life, which is capitalism, is the only way there is. Yeah, yeah. You know? So would you say, would you say then that some of the black African countries have also bought into that ideology? Of course! bought into it. That's why they're happy to be a warrant chief for that agenda of, you know, that supremacy, that psychopathic supremacy. For a little penny. For a little penny, exactly. Because, like, like, when you think about it, it's like, and I wanted to end on this, because in order to think of power, like, of you in power, you have to think in terms of of 
your influence and your control rather than what you've got in the bank. When they speak of Mansa Musa, and why do you want to praise him and he was very rich and what you find he did that he didn't have long or he didn't live long. We don't know what happened to him, but we can suggest that eventually when all the money gets low or certain things can't be bought with money, what have you got? And these are these, yeah, and, yeah, and these mean, are the things that that probably would be better not to know that story because to know how he felt will be to know how many of them fall when they have money. Eventually, they don't have it no more, and they're either killed or they're excommunicated and they die poor, exiled somewhere because it and, doesn't. And, and why a lot of African leaders hold on to power is because many of them have got into that position because they were willing to toe the colonialist line, the, you know, the, the supremacist line. And if you're really, really educated or clued on or wise, you're not going to toe the colonialist line. You can't. So in effect, they've been headhunted dumbheads. The colonialists have gone around headhunting dumbheads to hand power over to and these dumb heads, they have this belief that if they're not in power where they can even accrue wealth to themselves, they're not going to do anything. They can't do anything. And it's played itself out. It's like in Nigeria. A lot of the politicians, when they get pushed out of power by fellow corrupt politicians, <laughs> within a few years they go broke. Yeah, because <laughs> they never had nothing. They just had the status. <laughs> Yeah, all, all they knew how to do was steal, steal state money. That's all they knew. That's all they know how to do. Very sad. And, you know, why they get away with stealing state money is because they know they've got the backing of the colonialists, so nothing's going to happen to them. So yeah. what they what they to do is what the so-called supremacists have done to all the white people by bribing them with the ethnic, with the tribal card. Oh, look, you got white skin, we've got the same interests. So what the Warren chiefs in Africa do is they pick their own tribesmen and enrich some of them. You know, sometimes they'll pick another tribesman, enrich him to keep his own tribe under control. Oh, so that's why certain of them people will come out and say, you have to stop this or don't do this, don't do that, because they've got yeah. interest in the same thing. Yeah. Now, who controls SARS? Now, like I was saying, the Fulani tribe were the greatest slave raiders. When Britain conquered Nigeria, and finally, they realized, well, the Fulanis were on the same mission. They're, you know, they're foreigners. They've conquered part of Nigeria to loot it. We've conquered the whole of Nigeria, including them, to loot it. But the reality is, we don't have enough manpower. Ask the Fulani. Now, the Fulani already had a standing army, which was what enabled them to be doing all the slavery or most of the slavery in, in Nigeria back then. Mm -hmm. Because they already had a standing army, 16,000 men strong, <laughs> with horses, yeah. with horses, and being guns. Yeah? So Britain realized we could just piggyback off the skies. And wait, I'll just I'll just deviate a bit. I'll give you an idea of how a Fulani slave raid happened. Now the Fulani they used to go they used to go into the south. 
They used to call it slave reading expeditions. It used to last for as long as two, three months. They used to prefer to go into the south in the dry season. Because in the wet season, there was a lot of thistle flies and it affected their horses. And the ground was so mushy, it made their horses weak. Mm. So the, their slave expeditions, slave ridden expeditions, they preferred to mount in the three to th two to three month window of the dry season. So they ride down south from the north. And then when they get to a certain village, they'll surround it. Yeah? Yes. And then wait. And then at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., when everybody in the village was asleep, two or three of them, now, they will surround the village like it, from one side, like in a semicircle from yeah, one side, it, yeah. but just half the village, yeah? But they will be in the bush. Mm. And then at around 3 a.m., two, three or four of them will go to the other end of the village, yeah? Yeah. Where, where they are not surrounded. And then riding with their horses, shooting, screaming out, screaming the Mohammedan war cry, wah, 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 shooting, yeah. burning the huts. So the the villagers in the south, the so-called pagans, which was what the Muslims used to justify enslaving the southerners, yeah. in confusion and with sleepy eye, they all run out, and obviously. Hearing that the gun was the gunshots were coming from this direction, yeah. they were running the opposite direction. Yes. Not knowing they were running straight into the Fulani army. Yeah. All right. Now the Fulani army, on you know, on contact to the villagers, fleeing villagers, any young men that, that that tried to put up any resistance on seeing what the situation was was immediately killed, brutally even to strike fear in the rest. Yeah. Now, remember these people weren't even armed because they just ran, got up in the middle of sleep and ran yeah. from violence. So they weren't even armed or ready to fight. But obviously, being a young man, you can imagine, when you see there's people actually trying to kill you, you fight back. It'll be bare, with bare hands mm -hmm. or sticks or stones, whatever. So they brutally kill the young men that try to fight. The fear that struck alone, the terror that struck subdued everyone else. When everyone else was subdued now, they will now go around fishing out the healthy young men and women. All the old men and most of the, you know, young children that they didn't particularly need were killed off and the village burnt. And then they will march everybody to the next raid. Yoke top, neck to neck. And why did they kill all the old people that they didn't need? Why? And burn the village. To stop them from going to warn the, to warn the next warn village. The next, next village. Yeah, they do that all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> they do that all the time. And then, and then as they were marching the slaves, now remember, you're yoked up, neck to neck, and your foot, they're on horses. And you are marching kilometers. Remember, you are saying marching from Nigeria to Amina is far. Yes, it really did happen. <laughs> you are marching, marching for days yeah. with little or no food. Now, they couldn't starve you because they needed you alive. But they're not going to feed you gourmet. 
they're just going to give you enough porridge basic yeah. grueling porridge to keep you alive they will only think of fattening you when you get to the slave camp to elmina castle or something yeah that's when they think of fattening you but for the journey nah they were just trying to keep you alive now Imagine going from a happy life in your village where you eat probably twice or three times a day to just some basic tasteless porridge for days. March, just constantly marching, 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 marching. You only stop to sleep for a bit and then you start marching again. And then you were even uncomfortable most of the time because you had a yoke on your neck. And the uh, Fulani, most of their yokes were made of wood. So it wasn't reflectable like a chain. Mm. So, <laughs> check this out. You get tired and then you stop because your feet can't move anymore. And you stopping because you're yoked to the next man and to the next man and to the next. So, effectively, that slave caravan stops. You, you, you hold everyone up now. Yeah. Do you know what the Fulani would do? Just to set an example, they will unyoke you, bring you out to where everyone can see. Draw one of their long machetes and just machete you up. Jeez. As soon as all the other slaves saw that happening, they just found energy from nowhere. Yeah, yeah, just jump to it now. I don't want to end up like him. We know that. Just but, but stop straight up and start marching again. I know you. I know. I sorry, uh, I know you deviated because you needed to explain a point. But yeah, if you just wanted to well, say, say briefly, because. I, I need to join to the end now because we've been talking for two hours. Right. And also, yeah, 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 yeah. And also there's right. some bits that I want to incorporate in another one. And I think Rohan's with me here when we say there's certain things that we need to talk about because the history is bigger than that. And if we can start okay. giving people the beginning, at least they yeah. can start yeah. the journey themselves because these things are important. And everything you said okay. that, that we've discussed is important because... The context is not just, like you said, it didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen yeah, last I, week. I was, I was trying to get people to understand the Fulani. Mm. And, and these are the people who Britain handed power over to. Yeah. Even when they left Nigeria. And they still run Nigeria today for Britain. Yeah. Uh. They are the ones that allow Britain to get all the free oil. Mm. And most of the development, if there's any development going on in Nigeria, it's in their land. When you talk of corruption in Nigeria, they are, they are actually the richest ethnic group in Africa today because of just corruption. Yeah. The Fulani, I was trying to give you, a, I, I was talking about their history because I wanted you to understand them. Yeah. These people were born into slavery and Islam. Mm. The Fulani have no history of intellectual pursuit. There is no history of any Fulani writers, Fulani philosophers, Fulani architects, Fulani engineers, Fulani anything. No Fulani sportsman even. <laughs> Just thief. <laughs> They're not intellectual. Yes. All they know is the only thing Fulani are, are good at is not just wielding power, but dominating and exploiting other people. Yes, yeah, That's all they know. Savagery, isn't it? It's just a lot of savagery. That's crazy. And they are the people running Nigeria today. And unfortunately for us West Africans, they are spread across every, in every country in West Africa. And they keep trying to get into power. They've been trying to get into power in Ghana for time. 
into power, that's it. Mm-hmm. That it, it's over. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Ghana was lucky. Ghana was lucky that because the Ashanti tribe was the main slave raiders in Ghana, yeah. when Britain left, Britain gave them power. Yeah. But there was a small group of Plani in Ghana who never actually got that power. But they keep trying to get it. <laughs> well, they understand what is important. They understand. Huh? They understand what is important. It's not about yeah. the money. It's not about anything. It's about the power, influence, and the control. And guns. Yeah, and guns. If you can but, use the guns to control, isn't it, basically? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, basically, they run Nigeria today. They created SARS. No, okay, actually, a southerner created SARS, modeled mm. it on SWAT. Yeah. Because there was actually an armed robbery problem in the southern part of Nigeria then. And only in a small part of the south, even. Mm. And it was successful. But then a northerner took it on board, expanded it, and then it got out of hand. <laughs> That's the one I say northerner, I mean Fulani. Yeah, okay. And then it got out of hand. takeover then isn't it yes yes okay that was the agenda for suppressing the southerners in the rural areas the villages now and and they also they were particularly keen on killing off the young men 
withdrawal is there's going to be any fight back is the young men. So yeah. you're particularly keen on killing off the young men. So even if they attacked your village and you went and reported to the police or the army, the army wouldn't do anything. If anything, they will arrest you even. Can you imagine? Yeah. The army has been... The Buhari put a Fulani man in charge of the police and a, and a Fulani man in charge of the army. So the army has this mandate, and the police as well, that no Fulani person can be touched, arrested, harassed, molested, even by the army or police. So they've been... Basically, they're corrupt to take over, to, to push their own protection at the forefront of it, everything else. Yes. Yeah. Now, to attack the cities, where obviously there's a massive more population, and you can't be as blatant as Fulani headsmen, because the, obviously the youth in the city will rally and fight back. Yeah. So they have to do it by itself. Yeah. They now created this, they now turned this SARS unit into a hit squad. Yeah, like gang. What they, yes, and, and they were also very clever not to use Fulani men. So what they did was, all the heads of the SARS were mostly Fulani men. Yeah? Mm. But what they did was they recruited Southerners. But do you know where they recruited the Southerners from? The Fulani area. No, 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 no. They recruited the Southerners from death row. <laughs> if you want your life, come, this is what we want you to do for us. So and man, they put many of them into the police. So men from jail? Yes. And pay them peanuts? Wow. No, well, pay them peanuts. But tell them that your you being alive depends on you doing this for us. Yeah, I can see it now. I can a see it. A lot of people now. might not understand this, but when you understand that Boko Haram members are being recruited into the army, into the Nigerian army. <laughs> it makes sense that it does make then sense. Then you understand it. it does and make. and what they tell us, the excuse they give us for recruiting Boko Haram members is that Oh, they are repentant Boko Haram members. Oh, yeah, no, no. This is when it gets to ridiculousness, bro. This when it gets to nonsense. But, you know, yeah, I can so understand. Taz, Taz, Taz was created to slowly kill off the youth in mm. the cities in the south. So there's no resistance. So that there's no resistance. And the takeover will be easy. I understand. Yes. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, you, you have to ask the question. Why would your own police just be killing you just for fuck? Yeah, it doesn't make any it's sense. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was thinking. There had there had to be something, or someone, or some organization, or some other country behind it because it just so didn't make any sense. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying. I I, I don't I don't understand. I don't think a lot of people over here were protesting on the streets in London and. Uh, you know, but I don't think a lot of them truly understand what's going on because those are the same people who would, you know, who would discuss oh who's better who's better Trump or Biden? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, so yeah, by yeah. the time you're you're discussing that and arguing with your fellow people about that, you're clearly lost. So I think there are a lot of people that are misunderstood, are misled of what's actually happening even in their own country. Yeah, they don't they don't know that they. they, they they don't know. They simply they just don't, don't know. Them. They just don't want to know. Yes, well, they yes, do want yes. to know, but they know it will mean that the rabbit hole will go deeper than than they want to look because it will mean that there will be a lot of things that they think won't have to change. Like I said, will have to. Like change. I said, pro pro processing high caliber information 
takes a lot of energy and the brain doesn't want to do that mm. Mm. you know so that's why a lot of people rather not do too much thinking about these things and the easiest excuse to say to themselves is well i'm only one man what can i do yeah always always and devolve responsibility yeah. to someone you think can deal with it exactly and guess what and on that note we're gonna have to end but you need to come on mm-hmm. again you need to have a part two and we need to go yeah, deeper sure, into yeah. this. We, we, we need you back on our podcast. Yeah, yes, we need uh, you back. Sir. No worries, man. Thank you for thank you for coming on today. Very, yeah, uh, very enlightening, uh, very insightful. You said you shed a lot of light on the situation, stuff that I didn't know. The you know the history, and but it's more clear now, and we know why where we are. Yeah, where we are, and what we might need to look at to go forward, because it's clear the one because we don't have the lack of knowledge disadvantages us basically. If we don't know what we're fighting for, we're not going to get what we want. For them people to be asking us, if them people are going to be asking us to back the thing, we're going to be saying, well, do you back removal of some of these characters you've got in here? I don't care if they're your auntie, uncle, cousin, and you're getting a check for 10 grand every month. They have to go, bro. And if you're not willing to do that, you have to go as well. Simple. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not just about NSARS. After all, they've ended SARS, but they've created SWAT. <laughs> yeah, it's nonsense, bro. This is the same Phoenix company, bro. Phoenix oppression, yeah. innit? You just recreate it. Yeah. Continue the same plan. But yeah. Exactly. All right, then. So, ultimately, it's about ending that bad government. And if the bad government doesn't want to go, yeah, just move. break up the break up the country. Hmm. Yeah. You know, let the Muslim north stay and do their Sharia thing. Let the Christians in the South stay and do their own thing. You know, instead of trying to... You see, the reason why the North is hell-bent on taking over the South is because the South is where most of the resources are, the other, especially the oil. All right, all right. This is why I didn't want you to go there. That's exactly why I didn't want you to go there. That's exactly why. Because yeah. there's more to this story. This is when, when, you, when you follow the money, then everything becomes exactly. clear. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the yeah. thing. Exactly. So we're not going to give the people too much yet. They could just take the emotional stuff that we gave, use that. Next week, next time, we're going to cover the facts. And this is why these men do this yeah. thing. It is not for free. You have to understand this. These men are not just here yeah. to chill out and just cause problems for nothing. They're there for the money. And there's big money on offer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Regardless of how many people die. Yeah, no, no, no. The die, that's just the, you're just the support of cool, bro. It don't matter how many people die. The check at the end will yeah. make that all go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I hope yeah. you enjoyed well, yourself. Thank you, star, man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, nice we will. Yeah, we'll give you... There's another opportunity for you to share your views again. Don't worry, bruv. I ain't forgot you. I'm not yeah. going to just use and abuse you. Yeah. I'll be in touch. Just let me know, man. Yeah, definitely. You're always <laughs> welcome. If you got something to promote or say, when you do write your book and you want to come and share it, this is where we're yeah, going to go. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone should even know about it. Yeah, when you do yeah. it, it will be here. We will we'll definitely promote it for you. So please yeah. like, share, and subscribe. I've got some masks for sale. Check them out. You know, support the Africa diaspora and the message that we're trying to promote, which is, you know, yeah. people need to understand. Not just look for the information, understand it. And then... Yes. Yeah. Definitely. All right, then, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, bro. Yeah, man. Peace. Yeah, Peace out, nice bro. One. Thank you, Rowan. Yeah, as yes. always. Good luck to you. Yeah, man. All right, sir. Bless up. Yeah, man. Bless.
Bless up, brother. Amen. Bro, thank you. Thank you.